Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I chat with a different member of the Magic the Gathering community every single week. And we talk about our tips, tricks, tragedies, triumphs as we focus on Magic Arena. This week, I've got a return guest to the podcast that hasn't been on in a little while. Please welcome back Anna Madison. Hi, it's great to be back. Thanks so much for making the time for this. Can you can you tell the listeners any links, any social media, anywhere they'd find you? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at AnnaJaneMTG, as well as on Instagram and Twitch, all the same handle, AnnaJaneMTG. Great. Thank you. I'll put all of those links in the description and hopefully get you a few more uh, visitors and uh uh, people on your stream and such. Do you have like a stream schedule, perhaps? No, I'm. I haven't streamed in a while. Um, still trying to figure out what I want to do and when I want to get back into it. But mm. I've been having some internet issues oh. in, and um, you know, having my my like just connection is really bad. A lot of drop frames. It's really clunky. So I need mm-hmm. to figure out what I'm doing with that first. For some reason, I can like Discord call you here, but I can't stream. It's weird. Mm. Well, I use a um, I use stream elements to stream, and I use a plugin, I guess, to stream to YouTube and Twitch at the same time. And ninety eight percent of the time, it works. But then there's that little bit of percentage that uh, YouTube is looking fine, but then Twitch doesn't work, and I have to turn off the stream and try it again. And then, like on the third try, it finally all fully connects. So technology is great when it works, isn't it? Yeah, and when it doesn't, it's really annoying. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, we mostly focus on on Magic Arena, of course, but it's all about like any anything Magic related. Although I have been checking in with guests recently, have you have you also perhaps dabbled in the game that everyone loves at the moment that we're in that we're in lockdown? Have you played perhaps any Among Us? I have. It's mm-hmm. super fun. I I totally need to jump into it. It's just that I mm-hmm. have too many day jobs, and then my other than side stuff is is just magic related. But uh, so what are what are some what are some things that have happened over on Among Us land? Have you ever been the sus one? Did I say that? Did I say that jargon right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I've been the imposter exactly one time, and I won. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were. It was like a ten. It was a full game, so we had two people, and um, I just kind of, you know, I just nobody suspected me, so it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I haven't really played it myself, but I've just seen so many other people play it. Also, like Magic mm-hmm. content creators, Gabby Sparks talks about it all the time, and everyone's uh, playing it. I guess when they get perhaps a little burnt out with Magic, they go off and play that, and. It seemed that there was also what was that other one um, this year that was pretty popular? Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, yeah, that definitely that one's been a big one. Mm-hmm. But there was that other, there was there was that other time on on Animal Crossing that didn't Elijah Wood stop by people's homesteads and like buy turnips or something? Did you hear about that? I didn't hear about Elijah, but I know that um, AOC Alexandra oh, yes. Cortez yeah. was doing some um animal crossing stuff and she was having um she was visiting people's islands and whatever <laughs> yeah cool. that's really cool i think she also did in an among us like her very first among us stream and it got like did it get like half a million 
uh, viewers at that moment or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. But it's awesome to see, you know, someone who is not only um, a woman of color, but someone who is also like a gamer. Yeah. You know, I know that she also plays League of Legends. So mm-hmm. like, it's great to see someone that, you know, I mean, I'm not a woman of color, but like just seeing someone who's like, you know, female nerd, like all of this stuff, kind of having that sort of uh, representation there is, um, yeah. is absolutely wonderful. It definitely is. And it's interesting to think about like myself growing up, I would think about people that are in, you know, official government positions and such as so much older than me, but then, you know, generations come and go. And then we're at a point here where there's someone like basically in my peer group that's at the highest levels of government and she's doing great stuff in her in her role and then as well like this outreach she was out there basically let's play among us but then don't forget to vote and you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. so having everyone participate in the democratic process in a, in a fun sort of way like that i thought that was a great a great a great bit of outreach yeah, it's like you just called an 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 um an, an emergency meeting, and <laughs> you don't anyone we don't want anybody to to hit the skip boat skip <laughs> boat button. You know, you just want to make sure everyone gets their vote in, and mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, you vote for the right person. Yeah, and I hope people, especially first time voters, see that yes, this this stuff matters. Um, I think people get disenfranchised very easily, especially perhaps if their candidate loses, but. Democracy is a long-term game. It's not something that you just participate every four years, every two years, or whatever. It's like you know, mm-hmm. we maybe maybe we won some, we got some big wins or whatever this time around. But it's we got to keep going at all of this. So, um, welcome. So welcome to political chat with VM Campos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, talk a little bit about magic then. So mm-hmm. um, it's been a bit since you were last on the show, but like. Maybe in general, what are what are some thoughts of magic? Have you been playing? I know we've all been playing a lot of probably digital magic, but have you had a chance to do any paper magic or any sort of like maybe magic through webcams and stuff like that? I haven't played magic in months, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I played a bunch of Ikoria on um, on um, Arena, mm-hmm. and then just when when COVID hit, there was this. I just got really, really depressed. Like I started yeah. streaming again. I streamed for like two weeks and then I stopped and I, you know, just didn't really get back into arena. I did mm-hmm. buy the commander decks in paper. Mm-hmm. So I built a couple decks like, um, Calamax and, uh, the uh, Nakara Yannick partners, um, which I absolutely fell in love with Nakara after seeing the art. So I was like, I know mm-hmm. I have to build that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to, I, I played a webcam game, a webcam game with each commander, but that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this was like a few months ago. Um, so it's been a while. Now, Ikoria, I think, was was just a pretty cool set, though. Um, what did you mm-hmm. think about its aesthetic, about these like cool creatures, and they mutate and get bigger, and just great art and such? I've loved it. Like, I played mostly limited then, because we had the the, com- the companions came out, and like <laughs> they kind of like wreck standard, you yeah. know, before before the nerf, which you know 
you never see that kind of like mm-hmm. errata in paper, right? Like it was it was a little mind blowing. Um, but as far as limited goes, like I loved I loved a lot of the like I really liked the um for one, I loved the whole like Godzilla thing. I think that was a really cool idea mm-hmm. to, you know, reskin these magic cards with other IPs. Um when you get to like the Walking Dead thing though, then yeah. like that was a big turnoff because it mm-hmm. it was you know, it's this limited release product you can only get in um the US. I I think I didn't look that much into it, but I know that, you know, as far as the other secret layers, they were like restricted to the US. So mm-hmm. I just assume it's the same for that. But like it's just like this limited thing. But it but those cards are unique and those cards are gonna be legal in all eternal formats. And mm-hmm it just it presents you know a more ethical question of like is this the path that we really want to go down for this game yeah i totally agree that that really was a big a big to do when it was announced and i did my own videos and content and stuff about it and i was also along those lines about i re- i wish it was just a reskin instead of mm-hmm. functionally unique cards it's very it's right. just such a mixed message that they did reskins for Godzilla cards, where all of those cool Godzilla cards were real magic cards. But here mm-hmm. you have a real Rick card. You have a real Negan card. It's not like, you know, a reskin yeah. of something else. So that's kind of weird. Or like the other thing that they did when they did the um, the the other crossovers, with like Dungeons and Dragons, My Little yeah. Pony, mm-hmm. Transformers. These were on like silver bordered cards. So they were... You know, there are many more of just like a casual, like not like a tournament thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm, you know, my my background is, you know, mostly in paper tournaments. So um, card availability is definitely an issue. And, mm-hmm. you know, then you also have the, the idea, the, the fact that the foils aren't, you know, they're being released in foil. I think they're foil. I, mm-hmm. um, they often like, put them in foil, don't they? And right. then people don't quite like that either. Yeah, like not having a non-foil option, you know, you create something like what happened with um, Nexus of Fate a couple years ago, where you had to basically proxy it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just feels like such a bad look. Like, yeah, I mean, it works. It's fine. Like, you can play with the cards. But, like, when you're watching a stream and someone puts a swamp with some writing on it on the board, now you're like, what is that? That's weird. Like, <laughs> and you have to explain that, like, hey, they made this card that's only in foil, and then they can't get keep their foils, like, they can't keep them straight. They're always curling and always crinkling. And then, then what does that say about the, the uh, printing process? And what does it say about, mm-hmm. like, their own, you know, the quality of their product? Mm-hmm. It's, that's another sort of inconsistent messaging where there mm-hmm. there have been some secret layers where they explicitly they reveal and they explicitly say in non-foil version. So they're trying to just perhaps please too many people, people that are a little perhaps more casual that, yeah, I want a nice shiny blinged out card. Mm-hmm. But then those that actually like play in paper tournaments, that's a that's a that's a detriment. So you've got to proxy it out. So they try to do both, apparently. But mm-hmm. I guess their numbers show people like the foil and... Who knows what official stats they have about casual versus competitive play. Obviously, everyone's welcome to play how they want, but perhaps Wizards sees one more group as more valuable, literally financially valuable. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's why there's more uh, of a product towards a certain demographic. Maybe that's why there's so many foils, because more casual people perhaps like foils. I know I like them. If you catch them right 
in the light in the right way you can get some really beautiful effects like one of my favorite ones was the the food token in um throne of eldraine the one that had like the like the little scones and pastries Mm -hmm. because do you remember that one perhaps it had like little red like little red jam on it or red strawberries or something and if you caught it just right in real life that shine was so beautiful yeah i can picture it i can't i don't think i've ever i don't remember i probably saw it actually Mm -hmm. sometime like last year but i don't remember specifically seeing foils of that but i totally understand there's some that i can't think of any off the top of my head right now but mm-hmm. yeah the foiling process is really beautiful sometimes um but mm-hmm. i i do think that there's you know you you make a good point about the um about who is wizard really catering to right because um with arena we ha- we can have like you know competitive play um in a format that's much more user or much more like viewer friendly, like yeah. much rather watch people, you know, jamming, you know, monsters into each other mm-hmm. with like cool effects and whatever, like, you know, Euro comes down and there's this big, like cloudy <laughs> monster or like, you know, I jumped out of my seat the first time someone cast a realm cloak giant, you know? Oh yeah. Um, but here, you know, you play paper magic and like the viewing experience is awful. You can't really, mm-hmm. you can't tell what's going on half the time. There's not like a, it's not everything's uniform. People have tokens, but like, they're not always going to be the official tokens. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, you know, there, there are torments where like people have made a token that didn't exist or like they didn't have them in the token box. So like now you have to like write it on a piece of paper. It's really, it's really awkward. Yeah. It's really clunky. So, you know, and like the rest of the industry, like, you know, I've been playing more Hearthstone and uh, Runeterra and, you know, those games don't have paper, like all of the yeah. all of the competitive aspect is online. So, it, you know, Arena lets them like keep up with like what the you know industry standard is and the paper cards like they can they can have all these different products that are um you know people love their shiny cards people yeah. love their, their, their like unique cards we have these full art cards coming out now we have like three you know two or three different kinds of booster packs like it's i'm i'm just i feel kind of lost now because mm-hmm. i you know, like <laughs> the last time i bought paper cards was in was like the commander box and i i commander legends is coming out yeah. i don't plan on buying it i'm like i don't know mm-hmm. i might buy a couple singles if i want them but that's it yeah there is a lot of talk in the community about product overload um mm-hmm. i got back into magic in 2017 that was right after hour of devastation and i remember it felt like there was a good healthy amount of space in between sets now i have looked back and I, I didn't realize that there was a supplemental commander product here and there, or perhaps there was Eternal Masters or whatever Masters set. Those kind of flew under my radar. I really only saw that there was there was Hour of Devastation and the new set coming out is Ixalan and then Rivals of Ixalan and then Dominaria. And all of that was a healthy, it felt like three or four months or so in between each. And we're still getting about three months 
in between the big releases, but between the big releases, we're getting secret layers, we're getting uh, commander sets, we're getting precons, we're getting so many things. So it always feels like we're in hype mode for the next set. Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever see the, did you see the uh, Zendikar Rising um big extravaganza trailer and stuff with Jimmy Wong and, and Becca Scott. Did you catch that? I didn't. It was just a big extravaganza where they were like literally traveling around on a map and adventuring, which is the big idea of, of this current Zendikar set. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like as soon as that was over, like literally maybe the next day or so, the Magic website was already talking about, here's what's coming next. And the product hadn't even shipped and they were just like kind of <laughs> announcing it and it's like you know we're always in hype mode and, and mm-hmm. every time i have my streams i, I stream uh, pretty consistently every saturday night and, and people that come by uh, i often not just play a little magic but also maybe check out some magic news and other stuff and i have been noting noting recently to my viewers saying here's the new set coming. I feel like I say that too often. Every time people come to the stream, I feel like I, I keep saying, here's the new set way too often because it's it's true. I, I keep mentioning, here's Zendikar, here's Ikoria, here's Commander Legends. So we're always in hype mode. Yeah, and I'm, you know, it really just leads, helps you just get burnt out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've definitely been feeling that. Now, what do you think, though, if instead of the physical products, then with digital, with with Arena, which in theory a person can play with zero zero down, zero payment, um, does the constant sort of product and such does that also did that also contribute perhaps to getting a little bit of burnt out and haven't having haven't quite played in a little while? Um, that's part of it. Like, I just. Yeah, I did play some some corset on on Arena. I did play some corset. So mm-hmm. when that came out, I did play a little bit, and um, I played. You know, like I said, I played mostly limited. Constructed was still kind of a mess. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, there's been so many bannings the past two years in standard. It's uh, yeah, it, it's a little unsettling. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I will say with a caveat that like other games do have nerfs every. You know, they'll do like one or two nerfs every set. So like, I don't think it's abnormal for like the meta to be not, um, I don't think it's abnormal. Yeah. For it to like necessarily not be healthy for a full like three months, Mm -hmm. but you know, magic banning versus just like being able to nerf cards is much more jarring. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if this were like Hearthstone, you would be like, all right, well, um, Oko is like, wow, that's way too powerful. It's much more powerful than we wanted it at three mana. Like, what if we just made Oko cost four mana and start with, um, you know, start with three loyalty instead of four? Like, we can mm-hmm. we can tune these knobs that maybe we didn't have enough time or enough um, enough eyes on it in uh, development. We can tune these knobs after release and make these cards, you know, a little more balanced, Mm -hmm. but, you know, being tied to paper kind of, kind of makes that impossible. That's definitely the, the consensus from the community that because it's tied to this classic paper game, that's been around 27 years, they, they have that sort of like legacy aspect of things. So it just gets harder to tune those knobs because playing it on paper or 
So playing it in paper or versus the, the digital version, um, you have that disparity. Maybe they have their in-house testers and such, and they're probably playing on paper, you know, printed out proxies, whatever, not enough eyes on it, perhaps. But then when you start to release the cards to the internet, the whole hive mind of the internet figures out every possible change. Now, some are, some are way more egregious, of course, like Oko is just like egregious out of the gate. But other things like what about the Heliod plus walking ballista combo, infinite combo uh -huh. sort of thing. So that was obviously people brewing um, in the community, just putting cards together and wizards seems like they focus more on current set, current standard, maybe a little bit of constructed, but definitely limited. So there's just this, this, the, that's the big puzzle, puzzle piece of magic. There's just so many moving pieces that the company itself can't figure it out, but then you throw it out to the hive mind of the internet and they'll figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, like I was like thinking about like other games, like, you know, you know, magic just has to ban things. So mm -hmm. it's just such a, it's such a more jarring thing. It's like, okay, now I bought these, you know, Oros that were like 60 bucks and now they're mm -hmm. like 20 bucks because of bands. And you're like, this sucks, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> can't just like get your, get your gems back or anything. You know, it's, it's really weird. Um, it's just really weird how they have to kind of balance the digital versus paper, because I feel like both, both forms just, they have enough differences that maintaining the same card set over both of them is mm -hmm. a very daunting task. Now, what do you think if they were perhaps to tie together the paper and digital a little bit more in terms of you get some kind of compensation in from paper? Like what if you uh, mail back the card to wizards after the banning, after Uro got banned, you, you fill out their form, you mail it back, and then they send you X amount of, of boosters from the last value of it. Is that like way too complicated to try to do any compensation? Cause it's so easy for them to compensate on arena. That's like, here's your, sorry, burn down your village. Here's some, uh, here's some wild cards, <laughs> but then in, in paper, um, what do you think about that? Coupling it. I think that is just terrible because it's, there's like a lot of, you know, how do you determine like what the value of the card should be? And then also, you know, there also just kind of predicates them acknowledging the whole secondary market. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of breaks that precedent of like, we're going to release the cards and then people are going to do what they want with them. And if we start like putting our put, getting our fingers in there, then you're you're kind of undermining the the models that these um, stores and buyers and buy lists and whatever have um, have like you know established. And now you know a ban is not going to be like okay, we can pick up a lot of this inventory for really cheap. Now people are going to send them into visits, they're going to get boosters, and then there are going to be more cards on the market, which are going to make the mm -hmm. cards that are still legal are going to be like, you know, going to be worth less. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to, you know, it opens up a really, um, a really big box. I mean, to be fair, like having these like secret layers kind of does a little bit of that too, but yeah. like, I feel like that might, your example might be a little bit too much. Yeah. And as you reasoned it out, it actually stopped me. I was about to say something, but your reasoning mm -hmm. definitely makes sense. But let me let me say what I was going to say. But this is 
this is even worse. What I, uh, I was going to say, put a fixed value. You know how you just said, well, how do you determine the value? Here's the fixed value. If they ever have to ban a mythic, you automatically give a person one box of the latest set. But then like, nope, whoops, that's flooding the market. So uh, never mind. So, that's a lot of product. For... <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So uh, I, I, good thing you reasoned it out and, and it stopped me from saying <laughs> it. But whoops, I said it anyway. <laughs> now, uh, perhaps one more concept, one one more idea on, on this whole thing in terms of the, we were talking about the perhaps boring nature of paper magic compared to the flashy nature of having these events and so forth on, on Arena. Um, what do you think if perhaps wizards were sort of coaching players in terms of how about you make it a little flashier when you put your card down, you know, windmill, windmill, slam it down and, you know, coaching the players to be animated in a, in a way that when I watch these, most people are not, they're like very, very serious. I need to play the card play perfectly. But what about a little bit of a little bit of showboating to, to help people enjoy the paper version of things? I don't know if you can force that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there, there's a point where like, it's hard to like force people to, you know, it actually like, I'm a big wrestling fan and mm-hmm. you know, they, it, it reminds me of like how wrestling matches are, are, are staged mm-hmm. and you sort of get the same, like this gives me like the same sort of image in my head of like either way you're describing it. It's like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to do this this move at a certain time you know i'm gonna pick up my card and this thing and like i don't know i mean i i i get the idea of like saying hey can you be a little more animated but like mm-hmm. how do you how do you do that in a way that looks authentic and yeah. and, and doesn't look like it's either way too forced or that you're kind of scripting or maybe you're just you would look more like you're scripting the game or something. I don't know. It's yeah. it's hard to imagine how that could actually work, you know? Yeah. And I guess also if there is just a more introverted player, that would be difficult on them to uh-huh. try to be something that they're not. So there is this impasse. There is, there is this unflashiness of it all that perhaps smarter minds than mine will figure out how to make it more interesting. But remember um, the very last big event that we had, I guess it was Mythic Championship something, six, seven, eight, whatever it was, when it was in Hawaii and we had all of the okay. the pomp and circumstance of that. And um, I thought that was like their most impressive tournament. Again, I, but however, I don't have a history from before 2017 i don't know if anything was more extravagant than that but it just really seemed that last one that we had before we got into lockdown that was like a great way to really get eyeballs on the game was that um paper or was that digital that's a good question what was it i think it was digital because i remember they also said well there's no there's no easy way to show the drafting process. So they right. had done the drafting and then recorded it and put commentary and sort of dressed it up. Yeah. So it was still, it was digital now that I think about it. Right. They, they, yeah, they had like player drafts ready for Ikoria, but yeah, they, I think they, I didn't watch the coverage, but I just remember hearing about it 
they like did like paper drafts with boosters and then like coded the decks yeah. for the paper for the players to play with. Mm-hmm. Well, then that leads us perhaps into our topic of the of the future of arena. There is a there is a state of the game, and um, that is well, they just added Kaladesh remastered to the client, so um, it was the greatest hits of uh, Kaladesh plus Aether Revolt. They've just added it to Arena. Um, and if you kind of browse over this uh, plan of what they're doing, unfortunately, I don't see anything here about spectator mode, which is one of the big things that people are talking about. Like, if we're trying to be a premier uh, eSport, it's very clunky how they do this, trying to show these games and these events. And according to this latest um, roadmap, there, there isn't anything listed here about spectator mode. Thoughts? Right. There's this little, um, there's this little paragraph about mobile. Yeah. Um, which is like, I mean, like, I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I don't think that's going to make me want to play arena more, but I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And something that, you know, they're definitely long overdue for, but the whole spectator mode thing is like kind of baffling. Like I'm pretty, like Runeterra has been out for like I don't know like a year or so yeah. I don't know, but mm-hmm. they have they're like unveiling their like spectator node very shortly I think I think like the last update I read from them they're doing it, um obviously like Hearthstone does it and you know I've been doing a little bit of commentary lately, mm-hmm. um for both Hearthstone and Magic I did some Magic earlier in the year and and Hearthstone and like you know you could see the difference as a caster of like how much easier it is to do hearthstone coverage because you have spectator mode whereas with with magic it was weird like we'd have to like be playing in discord and then you'd like watch the one person on discord or something i don't Mm -hmm. quite remember but it was really clunky um as far as like we'd have some taped matches mm-hmm. so they'd have to like render the video in a certain way so that you could see the hands like and they'd have to you know kind of clip the hands from the other player hmm. out of that video whereas hearthstone just handles it all <laughs> yeah you know mm-hmm. i often um read a commentary from the community about that Magic Arena has so much jealousy towards Hearthstone and all of that. And now here's another upstart to be jealous of, Runeterra. Mm-hmm. And they've got, as, you, as you're saying, spectator mode coming very soon. So perhaps the competition will kickstart the Magic Arena crew to add these things that we're missing. I don't think that they'll take it as as slow as they've done forever on I think by seeing the competition and seeing the grass is greener on the other side, I think that'll be a good impetus. But unfortunately, that it had to be something else that really kind of pushed them in this direction. You kind of have to think back, what was the original perhaps five-year plan for Arena? Because Arena was in closed beta, I believe it's starting in early 2018. That's two years ago, two two years, nine months, etc. That's almost three years now that we've had a beta version at least of arena and then they went public beta i think in like late 20 yes something around like september 2018 so let's say we we take it from open 
open beta September 2018 or so. That's already two years there that it's still missing some things. We recently got, uh, you know, emotes and a chat client with friends and they're supposed to add deck sharing soon, but stuff like spectator mode and such. Do you think they had like a big overall five-year plan for Arena or maybe just had short-term goals? Um, I'm sure they had a plan somewhere, but like it's hard to, I mean, you can't really know what your competition is going to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things I noticed with the newest Hearthstone update is like they revamped their like rewards track. So now they have a thing where you can buy, well, they have like a free rewards track for the set and then you can buy an upgraded rewards track, which gives you more cosmetics and such. And that sounds a lot like a mastery pass to me, <laughs> you know, um, you know, like the basic path is like when you, you know, you get your, your experience, then you like level up and each level you get, there's like a pack or like some gold or whatever. And then the upgraded one has like the new heroes and whatever in Hearthstone. So, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of how in Magic, you're like, all right, well, you have the basic path, which gives you basic rewards. You buy the mastery pass and you get like extra rewards and you do that every every set, you know. It, you know, and like it definitely shows how these, you know, games are kind of drawing a little bit of influence each other. One game does something and they kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. I like how this game's doing it. We're going to we're going to pick this up. Um, one of my side um, side gigs is I do social media uh, for clients, and so I try to keep up with all of the social networks, and I see that in the social networks that, okay, Snapchat was an answer to other social networks that were out where what you tweeted or what you posted on Facebook was, quote, permanent. Well, Snapchat came out. We're going to create self-destructing content that after 24 hours... That embarrassing picture of you uh, on in a keg stand is going to go away. No problem. So then mm -hmm. other uh, networks got that same great idea with stories. And so we started to see stories on um, Facebook and such. And now we've just seen stories. I don't know if you've noticed stories revealed on Twitter, which they're called fleets. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that's definitely a thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a thing that yeah. everyone, everyone, someone gets an idea and then everyone else gets the mm -hmm. same idea, but slightly different. I think I saw someone share a meme that was, wow, the new arena update is really something. And it was a screenshot of arena and then it was copy pasted. They put those fleets on top just to show that arena now has stories. <laughs> oh, it's just, they're all going to be 90% salt. <laughs> yeah. Everything is going to be everything. In the history of these social networks, as, as I said, I, I, I do this, I keep up to date with this, and, and I remember that Twitter really felt like Twitter, and Facebook felt like Facebook, and every network felt like its own network. Then they just homogenized so much, everyone, they all got video, they all got longer text, they all got group sharing, they all got stories. Twitter even had this other thing that is like completely dead, which is uh, moments. Do you, do you remember that aspect of Twitter, moments? It sounds vaguely familiar. It was, I feel like it was their first version of stories. And this mm -hmm. came out a few years ago. So I was actually looking at it earlier and I see the moments icon in my Twitter on my phone. And then I click it and it says, you don't have any moments, uh, create moments on your desktop. So 
that's an, that's a fail for them. Like people are using so much mobile that to create that content, you have to go to your computer, and so you're you're not going to get that traffic to Moments. And so I went to Moments in on the computer, and I was trying to remember how does this even work? Oh, and it's you you gather a variety of tweets that exist, and you kind of put them together into a little story. So it's not the exact same like self destructing sort of thing, but it's putting together short little snippets of things that kind of went nowhere. So um, what I'm just getting right. at is just that things, sometimes they give us features that we don't ask for, and we're asking for features and we don't get them, which things brings us back to Arena. We're asking for spectator mode, and instead we get, did you see the updates about getting those cute little weird phrases instead of like, uh, you know, hello or your go, we have like new phrases. I saw somebody talk about that, but I don't remember exactly what it was, you know? Yeah, and it'll be, it'll, unfortunately, the Magic website's a little tricky to navigate, so for me to find the article to show you might take a moment, but let me explain what it is. You can now pick, instead of having the standard replies of your go or hello or whatever else is in there, you can pick these other phrases, um, but there's some really weird ones. Uh, one is like, uh, let, me, let me try to think of one. I see them all the time, but I forget them, so... It, Oh, one is like Zendikar is restless. So I guess that's a way of saying like your go because Zendikar, Zendikar is restless. <laughs> and okay. There's another one. Instead of saying hello, this one says a new dawn, a new adventure. So like uh-huh. they're really artistic, but did anyone ask for these? Did anyone like them? I know I sometimes use them once in a while when the when the current ones get boring, which is very fast, because there's only like four or five of them, right? Right. People are asking for like more substantial things, and they're adding some of these things that people don't quite ask for. Yeah, I, I haven't really seen anything about that, so it's hard for me to have like a, a really more nuanced opinion. But it sounds it sounds cool. They're customizable, but I don't think the way you're describing it, it doesn't seem like it's the way that people want them to be. Like they just, they don't want them to be like overly cutesy. And like, (laughs) they just would like something of like, how do I say your go, but in a different way, like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're up pal or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then it would be too much of a Pandora's box to make it fully editable because then of course people would, would abuse that so they have mm. to they have to have that fine line in in terms of we got the ability to chat but it's with friends of course you have to approve the connection uh, i think uh-huh. like full chat would be pretty bad just as it's pretty bad on mitgo so um i think they 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 learn from the past but but then mm-hmm. sometimes they kind of uh go off in different tangents yeah you know i you you were to go back to the whole like social media thing i forgot what the name was but the whole moments thing kind of reminds me of the instagram highlights mm-hmm. right yeah you can pick your best stories and you can like show them off yeah keep them because because stories were always transitory but then highlights are those that you can keep more permanent so yeah one network gets a great idea and then they all get that great idea Mm-hmm. well Let's let's talk about a few cards over here. I'm gonna send you this link okay. over here. So 
I'm going to pass this link over here. This is the definitive collection of all of the companions of Ikoria. Um, any any favorites here? Any ones that stood out? Any ones that are the bane of your existence? Uh, Lutri is super, super cute. <laughs> love, love him. Or I'm not sure exactly for like what the pronouns are for this for this cute little otter, but I love them. They're yeah. so cute. I love otters. I have an otter tattoo, so okay. um, yeah. But it's uh, not. Oh, it's super fun to draft too because you're you know you're drafting a singleton deck yeah i really enjoyed that um, that was kind of a cool concept in exactly like you said a singleton deck in draft so mm -hmm. taking the classic way to draft but then tossing a little bit of singleton a little bit of commander ishness to it and speaking of commander this was the 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 first and only uh emergency ban that they had to like day zero ban this the the, mm -hmm. the, the commander uh, rules committee had to emergency ban this poor little otter. Yeah, because like every deck can play it if you're blue red. Yeah, which is just not fair, you know. Mm -hmm. I think, I think they should let you have it be your commander. I think that would make sense, but you know, I'm not on the committee, so who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a reason why they're they're doing what 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 they do, so. Yeah, there's, I'm sure, a lot of discussion and thought and great players that are just trying to figure all of this out. And it seems like they also have some amount of an in with, with Watsi to uh, to have been able to, to ban it early. So, yeah, it's interesting that it cannot be a companion. It's basically gone. So they'd have to kind of like have special rules. And I get that, that you, you don't want to put special rules for so many things, you know, banned as companion, but not commander, vice versa, etc. So... Yep, Lutri, so cute, so banned. <laughs> All right, what's what's another one? I guess, you know, I the Jaruda decks were just awful. I, I hated those, all those like mega clone decks. Um, mm -hmm. But Loris, you know, Loris always stuck out to me too. Like Loris is the kind of card that I love playing with, that I love to like, you know, try to break and try to abuse. So I definitely played a little bit with that in Standard when the set was out with the uh Rakdos sacrifice decks. I uh I was playing a mono white deck in standard with Loris and it, after the nerf definitely it uh it it was felt because of the two extra mana something with something like Yorion or Gairuda that is that much mana well you're still going to prep your hand and paying that extra mana to move it over from the companion zone to your to your hand is no big deal but with with Luras, and I also liked playing with Kahira. That's another three mana mm -hmm. uh, cat critter. And before the nerf, it, it was I liked the deck. It wasn't extremely competitive, is because I like to play a lot of meme decks. I like to play a lot of like tribal decks. So I was playing a, a cat deck, and Kahira was amazing because it's a little cat lord, and it gives it gives all mm -hmm. your cats or beasts or dinosaurs or nightmares um, some some cool buffs. But after the after the nerf, you had to then spend that extra mana just to prep. Kahira into your hand before playing it directly. Mm -hmm. So same thing with uh, Loras. I was able to do a lot of shenanigans with with that one. It was a mono white deck with um, that one Al Seed of Life's Bounty and uh, Ginger Brute and all of that stuff. 
but I think there's a bug in the system. This reminded me when I was playing that deck I had in their Stone Coil Serpent, right? The X creature. And mm -hmm. I noticed that when I summoned it um, and paid like, let's say two mana for it or three mana for it, when I tried to bring it back from the graveyard through Luris's ability, it would only come back as the last mana that I paid for it. Even if I had like five mana, I couldn't bring it back from the graveyard as a five, five. It would only come back as the two, two that I cast it the first time that I cast it. I don't know if you ever experienced that. No, I never had that happen. That's weird. Did you ever check if that was a bug? Because that sh I don't think that should work that way, right? Yeah, the logic of it would be that it's I can cast it. It's a zero casting cost technically because X is zero automatically. And I'm trying to cast it as the card says, but you know, it says during each of your turns, you may cast one permanent with CMC of cost of two or less. Well, I, I guess rereading it, maybe it's... Even though it's an X creature, because Loris has that condition, I guess that's the maximum you could pay for it, although it's counterintuitive. Yeah. I don't know. Well, any other any other companions, perhaps, that uh, come to mind? Uh, nothing I really, like, sticks out um, for me. I mean, the I notice how the even and odd ones, um, Obash and Garuda definitely, like, reminded me of the the hearthstone heroes that like or the hearthstone legends that if you had them in your deck they would and you had all odd cards or all even cards they would uh change the way that your hero power works mm -hmm. so i i that those happened like a year or two ago and they had to be nerfed too which was kind of funny mm -hmm. uh so it wasn't surprising to see these nerfed you know and to see magic kind of dip into that kind of space well that is about perhaps how we said earlier that they do look at each other they do um get inspiration from each other so um that might just be mm -hmm. another example perhaps a version of of parallel thinking yeah and there actually is a note on the the gatherer for luris like it's like the third note down if you click on it um yeah. that explains that you can't cast x for more than two. Oh yeah there it is your spells yeah. with x in their mana use the value chosen for x to determine for example if a permanent spell you cast it with x but one huh yeah that's way more rules text than i thought would have been for this but cards are getting more complicated nowadays mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now here's a little background or here's a little behind the scenes info um, I had uh, Matt Tayback on the podcast a few uh, months ago. He is the he, he's he's a he's a Wizards employee. Uh, I apologize, I forget his uh, title at the moment. Uh, but he was on Mark Rosewater's podcast uh, a few months ago, and then he had mentioned at the end of the podcast, "Hey, if you've got a podcast, reach out to me. I'll come on your podcast." So I thought, okay, sure, I'll, I'll send him a tweet and say, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? So he said, sure. We worked it out, and he got on the podcast, and uh, he talked for almost three hours. So it was a uh, two-part episode. So I got a lot of cool behind-the-scenes information um, from a Wizards employee. And uh, what this relates to us at the moment is that the companion, uh, Karuga, in the beginning, he, he read the secret file 
that they all have access to. Uh, Karuga, which is currently now a dinosaur hippo, it was originally going to be a squirrel crab. <laughs> That's funny. I'd love to see a squirrel crab. <laughs> yeah. They've had squirrel nightmare. They've had other crabs, but just imagine a squirrel crab. I mean, dinosaur hippo is kind of, kind of a cool type too. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> yeah, the art is pretty cute. It's he's kind of it's kind of regal. They are kind of regal and with a big tail and then the the tusks and everything. Uh, I kind of like this style of of art where magic oscillates between like the the tough badass stuff, but then also cool or cute or interesting things. There's been like some recent dogs that have been like super cute in the art that you would kind of think they'd be in a silver border set, but they're in a real magic mm -hmm. set. And something like Karuga or all of many of these companions, they feel like they'd be something in an unset, but here we have them as, as real cards. So what do you think about that sort of range of style of, of magic art? Um, yeah, I definitely enjoy having those kind of more whimsical looking things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like going back to Lutri, I just love that cute little otter <laughs> with yeah. that, you know, with that, the, that like electricity coming out of his, his little cute little paws. Yeah. You know, Obosh is really cute too. Like, you know, it's <laughs> a little, it's a little kind of, I don't know, cute's not the right word, but like mm -hmm. definitely reminds me like, like a, big like gross bug <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I, I definitely like seeing you know like cauldron familiar like mm -hmm. some of these other cats look really cute mm -hmm. it's nice speaking of cute cats there is in the commander legends coming soon um What's it called? Falthus or something? There's so many interesting names. Yeah, that's it. I, I remembered it. Falthus. Let me send this one to you. Uh, this uh, previous guest and I were talking about some Commander Legends cards, okay. and um, uh, he knows that I'm like the cat player. So we were just talking about cards, and he says, did you see this card? This cat, this cat, and that cat. So here's a new cat coming out in the next set. Uh, this is one of these that's kind of going towards that range, isn't it? It's, it's trying to be, you know, tough looking, but you, that this this little nightmare cat it's still it's still pretty cute with the little ears and the glowing eyes mm -hmm. and, the, and the raised fur and everything it almost looks like a mohawk sort of fur yeah i mean if it didn't have death touch i would love to pet it <laughs> well all you need is indestructible and you'll be fine all right awesome <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll play uh what's it called make a stand or something it's that one white card that gives your things indestructible. yeah yeah or so just that but or I don't know. Never. I was. I can't think of another card. Some maybe <laughs> maybe some sort of. Uh, I was gonna say. Well, all you have to be is Ulamog, and then you'll be able to pet it, no problem. Yeah, of course. But I'd rather just mill your deck then. <laughs> that would. That's that's more my style. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you had said you you hadn't. Maybe you looked at a couple of Commander Legends cards or anything. Would do you, any thoughts on that? Or maybe I'll toss you one or two cards or. Yeah, just throw me some cards. Well, what about this one first? Okay, Falthus. This is an example of they are bringing back partner. I forgot to ask. Mm -hmm. um, what's your your history or your, or your general thoughts in Commander format? Um, I haven't played a lot of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something I'd like to play more, but just kind of the awkwardness of webcam Commander yeah. has kind of like shied me away from playing more of it 
like, I just really can't wait to like sit down and play Paper Commander with people, but that's not a thing right now. So, yeah. you know, kind of just counting the days till I get to go to an event and do that. But like, as far as um, my limited experience, I, I, you know, I, I really like it. I think, you know, partner does have you know some issues. Yeah. Um. You know, because so if anything we learned anything from companions, like having an extra card outside the deck, outside of the game, is an extra card in your hand. It's an extra card that you get to play over everyone else. So, um, you know, one of the two decks that I played was a pair of partners, and I think the idea of partnering with something else is nice because you have that little bit of restriction where you're like, well, mm-hmm. if we're going to play this commander, then like we can only partner with this one. So they do have their own little synergy, but also they're, you know, they're designed to, and should be balanced in a way where their partner synergy isn't something that becomes like overbearing or like too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other interesting things I saw somebody talk about on Twitter lately was like, you know, it'd be great if there were like, cards that partnered with art with old cards or if like you know they print a new card that says like um partner with uh a chroma angel of wrath or something like mm. partners with some older legend mm. and you know the way partner reads is you can have two commanders if they both have if they both have partner but like you can't like kind of reprint a chroma with a rata that says this has partner with whatever yeah. You know, so if they could change the way partner worked that, you know, partner, I guess, I guess generic partner is fine, but like you could partner with and still, you know, partner with the old card, but still have them both be your like commander. Like you could mm-hmm. print something that says partner with, you know, something, partner with Phage the Untouchable or something, you know? Yeah. Like that, that would be cool. Yeah, I I like that idea, definitely. Let me play devil's advocate, however, in terms of if we are picking some of these older cards that were, you know, never meant for a commander, there is that barrier to entry that someone has to buy that card and maybe that would be, that that would be prohibitive. Um, What about, I like how you're saying about partnering with specifics, but what about they, they limited to what is, what is standard or what is pioneer or what is modern um so that it's not the full breadth of 27 years of of cards and then it might be harder to get some of those older ones i mean i think if they did that they'd have to print the card in 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 the set so if they did like a a commander box with it for the thing Mm -hmm. you know for like they're like yearly commander decks like you would do something with like you'd have a new partner that partners with an old card Mm -hmm. and you'd have like you know, five decks where like each one was a new card partnered with an old card. Mm-hmm. And then like you'd get like a cool alt version of the old card and then you get the new card. Um or a set like Commander Legends would be something where you could do that where you could print you could just do like a reprint of the old card. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this kind of removes any of like the reserve list cards from being part of this, but you know, yeah. you can't can't really have everything. Plus, there's always rule zero, so you could always just do whatever you want anyway. Yes. <laughs> just as long as everyone's cool with it. Yeah, people forget about that. I think power creep is 
is is a little common. I know in my real life play group, we we haven't played in Paper Commander in a while, but I was seeing, I was starting to see my play group getting a little bit too power into power creep about wanting to get the the best cards. And here I am wanting to play a little bit more jank, a little bit more tribal, a little bit less powered. But it's just the allure of. Yeah, you get to play a bunch of cool cards. Winning is good, yeah, but I want to try to win a little bit more, so I'll get the I'll get better cards. So, people were worried that the new Commander Legends would just add more fuel to that fire. That there'd be so many broken cards here that it would become even more, in some people's eyes, pay to win type of a game. But now that the whole set has been revealed, the commentary seems to say that yes, there's one or two or three that are like really almost must-haves, but the whole set itself is not as overpowered as people were afraid it might be. Yeah. I mean, there's also proxies. That's something like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I'm not the kind of person that's just going to print out a whole deck and like show up with, but if I have like, you know, I had a friend send me like some like custom proxies and I'm like, okay, well, these guys are pretty cool. Like, you know, I didn't really want to buy a mana confluence, but I have this cool mm-hmm. custom proxy that she made that I'm like, I'll definitely just throw this in a deck, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of rude that to not, because she just sent it to me for free, so I'm like, I'm not going to just let them yeah. you know. They're, I will say, they are, sti- they are sitting around because I haven't adjusted my decks in months, but yeah. they're in the pile of cards that I'm like, I'm definitely going to put these in one of my decks. <laughs> they're in the to-do pile that one day you will resurrect. Yeah, it's like the next time I change my decks, they are going in. I just <laughs> don't know when that's going to be <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's 2020 you know you can't really see yeah. too far in advance or plan too far in advance uh yep we got like seven weeks left of this mm-hmm. and then we're in a new year yeah hopefully that'll de- that'll reset people's perspectives and get uh-huh. get some action going on i think things snowball uh either positively or negatively i think we've snowballed pretty negatively this whole year did you see the news uh, article about how the the famous rockefeller christmas tree um was put up and it said the 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 tree this year perfectly encompassed 2020 because it was like falling apart and scraggly and it was like they were saying it was like a charlie brown tree (laughs) i was just gonna say that like the whole like charlie brown thing (laughs) um yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see anything about that, but yeah, that that kind of wraps everything up pretty mm-hmm. nicely. Mm-hmm. Well, let me send you one more card here. This is a very okay. unique card. This is the Prismatic Piper. This is um, a common oh, yeah. legendary creature, and it's colorless at five. The art is pretty amazing. I like Seb McKinnon's artwork. He's always got some interesting visuals. And so it's a very interesting design in terms of, okay, if if the prismatic, well, it, it's kind of just weird how they have to jump. Wizards has, Wizard has created a language of their rules that they have to jump in, jump into these hoops themselves that just sound so awkward sometimes. So if mm. the prismatic piper is your commander, choose a color before the game begins. The prismatic piper is the chosen color. Uh, so... I'm, I'm just kind of harping on the word if, like, obviously I'm choosing it for my deck, so why is there an if there? It kind of feels like that grammatical word doesn't make sense grammatically, but it obviously makes sense within their world of the whole rules engine. One of the one of the things that really gets my goat is when they've got some cards that say um, creatures you control get plus one. I wish they would simply say all your creatures, because sometimes the wording of things 
when there's one sentence and it ends and there's another sentence sometimes, I think, for beginner players without explicitly saying all your creatures might make people think, well, all creatures, including my opponents. But no, it's my it's mine affecting mm-hmm. mine. But anyway, it's just a little a little word there. Uh, but yeah, this uh, Prismatic Piper, pretty weird art, pretty interesting card. What, what do you think about this new common legend? Um, I think it's I think it's neat. I think it's um something that they get to you know, it's it's basically there to like we can you can take a partner and then you can just add a third color. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a five mana three three, like it's sort of like the whole thing where you'd would put you'd put a co- you'd put a companion in your deck, you know, like this was like Gigantha a lot uh, you know, if if your deck didn't have any of the same, you know, if it fulfilled the restriction, you would make Gigantha your uh, companion. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably aren't going to cast it, you know, because it's basically just a, a five mana five five. Mm-hmm. But it's an extra card that you always have access to. So, you know, Prismatic Piper kind of is in the same vein if you're picking that as your partner. Like, it doesn't do anything, but it's just an extra body that that, that you can draw. But the, the relevant part is that it lets you, you know, choose a third color with or you know it gets to choose an extra color with uh whatever your partner is so i think it's you know it's it's nice to see them filling these kind of holes that solve problems that like some people might have when they're looking at their like what deck they want to build like mm-hmm. you know i want to build um oh god what's a what's a partner just like a generic partner like oh i just okay i just want to build this cat i yeah. i, I want to build a, a falthus deck but i want to add blue yeah in my in my nightmare cat deck and like <laughs> i don't know how i'm gonna put that in because but i want to play some blue cards so i'm just gonna make this my my partner choose blue and then now i can build a demure deck with my falthus commander mm-hmm. i like that they are that the company is constantly exploring different avenues for a game mm-hmm. that's 27 years old and counting um they have many directions that they can go so exactly i i I completely agree in what you said and it makes sense i want to splash colors i want to have abilities that are not in this color for a long time there was very limited in black there was very limited uh enchantment removal so Mm -hmm. okay i can remove enchantments pretty easily in white or green so prismatic piper will let me grab that color as well yeah it is everything and nothing (laughs) (laughs) one thing though unfortunately i have to point this out are you as triggered um as me with the art because if you look carefully the wooberg order is completely wrong oh my god (laughs) wait so it goes from like black on the bottom to like blue green red and then like white for yeah. like the face of the piper, I didn't even notice that. Uh, I'm sorry, I've uh, ruined the rest of your evening, but uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I. No, saw. I was actually, I was just, I was just admiring the, um, I was admiring when you mentioned the art. I was admiring just like the the head because it it looks yeah. like something that you would find in like the uh, the uh, mirage block to me. It looks like no, something that. Sure that kind of fits that but then it's kind of stuck on this weird little wave thing this Mm. wavy worm body it's it's Mm. cool though yeah 
Yeah, I'm joking. Of course, it is great art. This artist is one of my favorite ones. They are one of the ones that has that have definitely their own style. Um, thinking back on those old sets, Mirage, and all of those '90s sets where there was less of uniformity of of art styles, you could get such a range of um, artists from towards the more realistic or the cartoony, someplace in between. I remember Richard Kane Ferguson's art. Back in the 90s was pretty amazing art. I remember Phil and Kaya Folio. They had a very cartoony style. Mm-hmm. There was um, some some of them that were starting to get very realistic. I'm blanking on the name. Um, but but back, back in the 90s, there was like no set style guide. Nowadays, artists are amazing. Of course, the, 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 they'll be able to do things a million times better than me. But unfortunately, I feel that uh, too much of a house style is too much it's a little bit too interchangeable sometimes the art and obviously i'm not trying to put down any of these amazing artists but it's just wizard's choice that they're trying to make a lot of uniform art probably but when something like this art stands out it definitely stands out and it's memorable i think compared to the everything super realistic very very well drawn but too realistic yeah definitely um haven't paid too much attention to art as much um lately but I really, um, I really enjoyed that uh, Ron Spencer got a card recently. I forget what it was, but um, you know he was always my favorite artist. Um, but I don't think he's he's it's like he hasn't done anything in like almost a decade. Yeah, for magic. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to see him get get um, get another card. I'm trying to see if I can find it here. Um, let me send it send it to you here. This is the list of Spencer art, I think in order, kind of. And so, oh yeah, Mana Crypt and Doubling Season and Brainstorm. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were in... Um, Double Masters. That other... Oh my God, that was this year, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's everyone's exclamation nowadays. Yeah, like the new brainstorm is super, super sweet. I'm like, I wanted yeah. to buy one for my for my Calamex deck, but I didn't want to spend the money. But yeah. now it's not as much. Mm-hmm. It's only like eight bucks now, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Oh my god, the list! I forgot they have the list now. Ugh. <laughs> okay. I just like we were like overload. Oh my god, so much product overload. Like mystery boosters. Yeah, <laughs> it's just making me tired. I just I don't want to <laughs> yeah. think about this anymore. It's just too, too much to keep track of. Definitely, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, you don't know what what's what is in what product. I, I did buy for the latest Zendikar. Um, I did buy some of the set boosters, which is their new alternative type of booster. It's not designed for draft. It is more of a collector booster, but not the collector booster that's so expensive. Mm-hmm. It was just designed in that you're going to get there's slots and they even like named them. And Mark Rosewater has a presentation video about it. Like the first three are going to be this sort of concept. And then the next three are going to be this concept. And in one booster pack, you get all of these like little concepts and stories as you open up the cards and you have an experience. Uh, but I think it's 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 a little again it's a little too much too much hype too much product perhaps too often. Definitely. Well, 
on that uh, on that on that positive note, <laughs> let's uh, wind <laughs> wind down the podcast. Okay, on a real positive note, let's let's examine the the doubling seasons art from uh, Ron Spencer. It's a couple of cute dinosaurs emerging from some eggs. They're getting doubled and everything, and that is a really those are really cute dinosaurs with like cute red eyes and everything. So let's end on that positive note. Yeah. This is this is the kind of thing that I used to love of of his. Like mm-hmm. he did some super cute cards. Um, <laughs> if you look through this thing, uh, the two like squirrel lords from Unglued. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He also had the. There was the one in um, Unsanctioned too. Like a third Infernal Spawn of Eagle. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, that came out too. Yeah. I. But yeah, there's definitely some like. Everything's super detailed, but um, I feel like there's something like really cute that I wanted to point out from him that I think you would like. Oh God! Yeah, just browsing <laughs> browsing this art. It, uh, some of it is memorable. Mm-hmm. Terror. He did the original Terror. Talk about a cute card. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, That's that, um, cute's a word. Yeah, <laughs> that was on my favorite cards. Definitely from those from that age. There is. Oh yeah, he did uh, Cabal Therapy too, which is really, which is really, really sweet. Oh geez, I'm sorry, I'm awful. That's okay. I'll be editing it. Uh, Neckrite, that's the one that you mean, right? The one with that weird thrill licking a bloody knife. <laughs> no, <laughs> Might of Oaks, uh-huh. definitely Bear Cub. Yes, there uh-huh. we go. Bear Cub is adorable trying to find it um from what set was it oh he also did a squirrel token Mm -hmm. yeah he's done a lot of i'm I'm already on page x or whatever he did a lot of art i never quite realized that but some Mm -hmm. of the yeah there it is bear cub yeah that is amazing there's there's the cute oh there's a cute little bear it's looking at a at a bee and then there's the mother bear uh behind it and there's even like a couple of dandelions Flavor text. Mm-hmm. Every little cub has its mother's teeth to guard it. <laughs> Elvish Elvish last saying. Nice, yeah. Well, that was a nice trip through memory lane on one of these classic magic artists. I hope they bring back more of them. They 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 actually did bring back a variety of vintage magic artists to, to be the alternate art for the double masters alternate cards. So I hope they would do that a few more times just to see again that variety of art styles and there have even been some secret layers that their art has also gone really really interesting and weird so i hope they continue Mm -hmm. to do some of these weird cool interesting unconventional arts yeah me too well anna as we wind down let's remind people where they can find you online i am at anna jane mtg at twitter also on Instagram and Twitch, same handle, Anna Jane MTG. Great. I'll put those links in the show notes. And as for myself, I'm VM Campos everywhere on Twitter and uh, Instagram and Twitch. And the only catch is on YouTube. I was not able to get VM Campos on YouTube. I am VM Campos JR. So make sure people put in that JR part. Although if you search for VM Campos, mine is the account that first appears. So uh, that's that's the bane of social media, not getting the name that you want. You're lucky you got the name that you wanted on all your platforms, basically, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's sick brag that you show up <laughs> first, though. 
<laughs> yeah, that other account, they created their account a while ago, and I think it's someone from Brazil, and they have not used the account in years. And here I am making like new YouTube videos every single week, and I have to, at least I'm, I, I appear first, but you know, I, I would have loved the, the, the icing on the cake would have been that it's VM Campus on YouTube, because that's the, mm -hmm. that's the platform basically that I think that I'm the most uh, active. Yeah, well, hopefully you can, uh, you know, maybe just sh 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 uh, shoot him a message and try to try to buy the account. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Try to grease some palms, slip in a yeah. slip in a black lotus to someone's hand or something, and see what happens. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I don't know if I if I get really famous on YouTube, I'll be able to buy one back. That's true. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, hopefully next time that you're on, it doesn't it doesn't take as long for you to come back. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to come back sooner. Yeah. You know, whenever whenever you're willing to have me, mm -hmm. it's fine. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, listener, for listening to the latest episode. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Help the podcast go viral. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.